Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 20 for Wednesday, February 7th. I'm Alex Uwe and I'm here with Farbode Markazi. How are you doing? What's up? What's up? It's almost like I just talked to you, but let's let's do this again, boy. <laughs> yeah. So for this, if you have no idea what he's talking about, we have two yeah, podcasts. If they listened to the last one, they would know. Well, maybe they're listening to this one first, if you didn't think about that one. But we're doing two podcasts for today. Uh, this one will be focusing on the Royals as our team of the week, and the other one on the Texas Rangers. So make sure you check out both of those. And if you haven't listened to the other one already, we're going to be doing a little thing where we give a trivia question in each one of these and give the answer in the other one. So I'll go ahead and give the trivia question that I answered in the other podcast already. Um, And that question is um, related to Doug Fister, oddly enough, which made a lot more sense in the context of the Rangers, not so much for the Royals. Uh, But I guess he's a a former AL AL Central pitcher, so I guess that's somewhat (laughs) relevant. Um, But Doug Fister, um, of course, did, you know, he pitched. He's still pitching. He was signed by the Rangers. And my question is, which season of Doug Fister's career, did he have the highest uh, K per nine rate? So that is the question. Um, I know the answer. Yeah, I I know you know the answer. A lot of people probably know the answer. Um, But, you know, it might shock some people, considering how long Doug Fister's been around and the timeline of his his career. So uh, go ahead and check out the other podcast if you want to hear the answer. And Farbode will now give the answer to the question he asked in the other podcast well i'm gonna repeat the question mm, okay that's i will you will that's bold but i will but then uh, but then they'll have no need to uh to to go check out the other podcast okay well <laughs> I, I just think you forgot the question no i remember the question but you I, can, well I, at, your at guess your own risk, babe you ruth can... your, your guess was babe ruth yes um well, your guess is 100% wrong. Oh. Um, yeah. It's actually Cy Young. He okay. received 49.1% of the vote in 1936 and made it the next year 76%. And he had a 511 career wins. That's a lot of wins. Yeah. I love keeping our listeners out of the loop. We should do this more often. So <laughs> We're doing this. This is so confusing. It's I'm so confusing. confusing. But like if, 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 if my real if dedicated listeners, listeners will get it. <laughs> You're, yeah you know what i realize is that most people listening to this podcast will probably see these appear at the same time more or less and this one likely will be the more recent one by you know yeah. a minute or two so this might be the first one they click on because it's the most recent one i don't think people will have the wherewithal to, to click on the second most recent one of ours i don't know maybe well, they will i also think this is this is just goes to show how we don't have producers and we don't think we are uh, producers and we do we think. are producers but producers for someone else <laughs> we, we, can't, hey. we can't produce for ourselves whoa dude come on <laughs> you the self the self-deprecation is is hurting hey, right now. i love us it's okay all right well you know Good. we we have a major league team to talk about today uh, as we do pretty much every week, and of course we'll we'll touch on other 
you know, Major League Baseball news and storylines going around right now, including the the debacle between the MLB League office and the Players Association. You want to hear more about that? Go to that one. Right? We did talk about that in the other podcast, but we'll talk about something a bit different in this one. We won't repeat the exact same conversation. We're not that unprofessional. Come on. So Close uh, to we'll it. get into that, I'm sure, pretty organically when we're talking about Eric Cosmer and other free agents that have yet to sign. So let's go ahead and talk about the Royals and their current situation, which is bleak. It's grim. It is a window that has come and gone for them. Okay, no offense to the Kansas City Fight Club fans. Um, our podcast over the years has not been too fond of you guys. Not the fans, the team. So are you <laughs> happy? No, I, I don't care, really. You know, I like, I like competition, so I'm not happy. I was more... It was more upsetting that the Royals were good for no reason, <laughs> but now they're bad for a reason. So that makes that makes sense, and that's fine with me, right? Well, they had that window, and then they they used the window. They won a World Series. They made it to two World Series. So good for them. But then, I think they had one more year after they won the World Series to um, to possibly repeat. But so much went wrong in that year mm-hmm. that. They they just did it, and yeah. and now and now they they lost one guy in free agency already in Lorenzo Cain, uh, two two guys. Mike Miner went to the Rangers. Oh, he's um, part of that that glorious Royals core. I know, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> Mike Miner went to the Rangers. Um, Lorenzo Cain went to play outfield alongside Christian Yelich in Milwaukee, um, and then. Now we're still waiting on uh, our the MLB off season, which it's supposed to, it's almost going to be MLB season with free agents still, major free agents still, and Mike Musakis and Eric Hosmer are still free agents. They re-signed Alcides Escobar because, mm-hmm. to be completely honest with you, that's Alcides Escobar. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. This whole offseason has been frustrating, man, as a baseball fan. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Yeah, every time Alcides Escobar's name is brought up, I feel so compelled to remind people just how bad he is. Like, he's not <laughs> a good player. He's a very bad player. Last year, he had a 629 OPS, which is, <laughs> I don't have to say, is not good. And I think for stretches of the season, it was it was even lower than that. At least, at least the Royals aren't in the Omar Infante days where he was starting at second base for the All Star game. Right, and he he's, was he's, released. He's a leadoff hitter by nature that gets on base at a two seventy two clip. It doesn't really work. Um, you know, I'm done. Especially in that spacious of a ballpark, you need to get on base. And he was a, he was an All Star, right? He was part of the the Royals BS All Star team, wasn't he? Yeah. That whole team was BS. Omar Infante was released, and he was still an all-star for the Royals. Biggest, until MLB stepped in. Biggest snub. Biggest snub of that. Biggest snub. Yeah. Who is this Altuve guy that wanted over him? Um, so, obviously, the Royals are you know, still kind of grasping for straws at this point. Uh, they, they still are 
very serious about re-signing Eric Hosmer. So we don't know what's going to happen there. Hosmer wants more than he's been offered. He's received seven-year deal. Uh, well, I mean, the Royals from the Padres and the Royals so far. I think the Royals' pitch to them to him is just the fact that yeah, hey, you're like our franchise key cornerstone. We you want it with us once. We want you to be here when we're good again, and we want you to be the leader of that team. The Padres' pitch to him is probably the same thing, except the fact that you've been our franchise cornerstone ever since you were drafted. We want you to. It, there, we want. We have um, a lot of prospects coming up. We want you to be here to lead that team going forward with Will, with Will Myers. Um, but I'm just interested to see what he decides on because I could see him going to San Diego, but it's really hard to see Eric Hosmer out of a Royals uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm fine from a team perspective trying to keep their franchise players. I wish more teams would do that. Um, obviously, the Rays and the Pirates do not share that same belief uh, because I truly believe that the game is for is for the fans is for the consumers it's not for I mean without the, the it's fans it's not for the, not... the front office shareholders it's not about profit it's not about um, well, it, it's not it, about the pl- it, like, all it, sports are about profit it's not about appeasing just the players it is about the consumers think I mean, about it if, if, if the sport if you did not appease the fans no one would get paid. Right. Okay. That that, that those two go hand in hand. That was a bad. Ex- it's not about, um, like fiscal, con- conservative practices in a traditional sense. It's about appeasing a fan base. It's about making the game really enjoyable for those who want to watch it. It's not about the the. Fr- it's not about the fr- the teams. It's not about the players. Really. It's it's about the fans. And, you know, the best way to do that, obviously, is to make a really good team that will win ball games. But that's not the, the whole thing. Part of it, too, is having players that have been cornerstones of your franchise that your fan base love and doing everything you can to keep them around because they are good for the success of your franchise as a whole. Um, and you can kind of say the same thing for some of the other players to lesser extents like um Mike Moustakis is really not looking like he has much of a market going for him right now I have not heard which is bizarre a lot of buzz about Moustakis he's a really good player he just hit the most home runs in Royals in single season uh home runs not not to mention how good of a defender he is too yeah he's Um, a good defender like there's a lot to like, like the most, about Moustakis. The most recent thing I've seen about him is the Yanks the Yanks could offer Moustakis a one year deal. And that's not even from the Yankees. That's speculation yeah. from like random that's just, reporters that's just, and beat writers. That's just random reporters being so tired of reporting. There's no things. actual reports that the Yankees have indicated interest in Moustakis. Yeah, exactly. Um I just We've talked about this way too much, but what the hell is going on in this off season? Yeah, I mean, it seems that there's little things happening here and there. I mean, we know what's going on. Like we know what's going on, but it's just annoying. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's something different 
this year than it ever has been because of the quality of free agents that's out there. There is one free agent that is, you know, a legitimate MLB free agent that is under the age of 30, and that's Eric Hosmer. So, teams... Okay, go... I mean, going into this offseason itself, we we realized, with the Royals' perspective, we realized that they weren't going to retain their whole core, but they were going to try their hardest to do so, or, I mean... Like to like, they were gonna try their hardest to do so. So that whether that be like they preferred obviously Eric Hosmer because he is such a special player and he is that normal MLB free agent that gets paid a ton for like seven eight years because he is at that point of his career where he's still in his prime can get better and he will likely earn that money. But we knew that they weren't going to re-sign all Kane, Busakis, and Hosmer. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just something else this year, man. Yeah, and in our other podcast, we talked about it more from the perspective of you know, just the market in general and what teams um and kind of kind of what the league is willing to allow teams to do in terms of um how competitive they want to to be, um, and I guess now we can talk about it a little bit more from the perspective of uh, the players' relationships with teams and how that has not been a a positive trend either. Because JD Martinez, in recent news, is reportedly fed up with the Red Sox, um, and understandably so on both sides. I'm sure the Red Sox are not very pleased that he didn't take their their first five-year 125 million dollar offer i think he wanted to play the outfield and they want him as strict as dh what do they do with henley then henley's gonna play for yeah that's that's well i mean uh, that's the whole thing like they'll they'll have a log jam wherever they put him Mm -hmm. because if they put him in the outfield they'll have a log jam with jackie bradley what are you gonna do there you're gonna trade him um no see they don't I don't see it that way. I see it more as um, JD Martinez is really good at baseball, and you have to make it work. You got to make it work somehow. And I'm, if that means he has to DH sometimes, I'm sure he's fine with that. But if you go ahead and just tell him right away, "Oh, we're going to sign you, but we don't want you to play outfield," that might be a problem. JD Martinez, in I, this is no secret that I am a big JD Martinez fan. He is. <laughs> You know, as kind of the same way I talk about Alcides Escobar as a bad player every time I hear his name, I need to refer to how good JD Martinez is um, every time I hear his name because he is that good, especially last year, which you know is the the biggest indicator of anything. Um, but not even just last year; over the last three or four years, where he has put up num offensive numbers that make him one of the five best hitters in all of baseball, one of the five best hitters and you can go head to head on me and say oh his defense is so so bad that it makes him like a a net like a negative net worth player that like nobody wants a player that is that bad on defense come cut him some slack cut everybody some slack this game is believe it or not revolving it revolves around hitting it revolves around offense first there are probably like 
200 minor league players right now, at least, that can play major league level, um, like replacement level or higher defense at any position. And that is not the point of things. The point of this game is to get the players on the field who can... You know, mash hit, the ball. That can mash. That can just straight up hit. That can put runs on the board for your team against the highest you know, level of pitching in the world. And J.D. Martinez is one of the five best people in the in the country in the sport right now that that can do that. So you know you can refer to his his historic slugging percentage numbers from last year. You can talk about how they're inflated by Arizona all you want. The fact is that he was doing there's some, also some variation of that year, in Detroit. That's a big ballpark, right? In Detroit, he was extremely successful in Detroit also. So don't don't take that ballpark, you know, factor at face value and say that oh, it was just because of Arizona that he was able to put up the numbers he did. No, not true. Uh, he's a really good hitter anywhere. He can make the biggest ballparks look small. You should be his lawyer, man. I, his lawyer or his his agent, <laughs> because Scott Boris seems I feel, to. I not feel be like you'd fight done. instead of actually getting anything done, though. Um, the thing is. You'd probably agents, go to Dave Dombrowski and, like, try to square up. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I am I did not receive my my spring training invite from the Kansas City Fight Club, but I'm sure if I did, then I'd, I'd get some <sighs> skills there. Uh, so the thing with, you know, we're talking about J.D. Martinez a lot here, uh, but part of it is because people, a lot of fans seem upset that he's like just take your five million one twenty five and be done with it like we're sick of all this bickering um that's what negotiating is that's what free agency is and it's extremely slow right now because so many teams are reluctant to sign a how old is he he's 30 he's gonna be 30 i mean a lot of 31 in in any any sport when you're with free agency a lot of people forget how there is a person inside that decision and Five years is a long time, is a major portion of your career. So if you're going to make a big decision about your career, you've got to make it the right one because just saying like, hey, just sign already. You got 125 on the on the offers. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, that's a great – like he's going to be fine. His kids are going to be fine. His grandkids are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But that's a big part of his life, his family's life. And people forget that that's a human being just making that decision. Right. And, you know, I think fans in general are pretty understanding of the fact that, you know, it is a lot of money. It's like, oh, I'd be, I'd jump at that amount of money instantly. But they understand that this is the nature of, you know, how much money there is in the sport and players are really trying to look out for themselves. And they can appreciate that. But they, it seems that it's transitioned away from that more and more as the offseason rolls on and these free agents still don't have a home. Um, you know, because I've seen so many people saying that J.D. Martinez thinks he's worth seven years and, like, $200 million. Like, what, what is he thinking? Well, that's, you know, considering that Yoannis Cespedes makes, you know, $20 million, $29 million a year. Jason Hayward makes, like, $28 million a year. Um and players like this that he thinks he's he's more valuable than are making that much more money than him um, is probably upsetting. 
because he he's being undersold. He's being offered less than Jacoby Ellsbury was, you know, when he signed in free agency. Obviously, hundred million dollar contracts have had very little success over the just in the history of this game. There I have think been, the Mike Trout contract's been pretty successful. I think so there's far. been like three or four hundred million dollar contracts, like that have actually long-term contracts that have actually worked out for teams and you know teams are realizing that hey maybe this isn't the way to go but also as a player you you have to sit there and and be like well all my peers have been signing for this much money and now all of a sudden like you're not willing to pay you're not willing to pay me like you're going to give me a five-year 125 million dollar deal um that's and that's all like when i'm one of the five best hitters in baseball like i understand my value a little bit better than than most people do so i i'm gonna hold out i'm gonna wait for teams to to pick up on this fact and team and it's part of the problem is that more teams aren't interested there's yeah you have about half the league to begin with in in the pool that's actually looking to add a a good player for from free agency to actually help contribute to their team and then you have a good percentage of those teams that have very crowded outfields already so that doesn't help either <clears throat> in the context of you know this season and obviously a lot of teams are going to wait until next year to spend all their money on free agency when there's going to be because lots of next year's free agency is the ideal free agency for a lot of teams to take their to take their talents to the next level Right, and there's a lot of younger, more, you know, controllable, safe um, players that will not be 38 years old at the end of their contract or, you know, in their late 30s. So that's just just another thing to consider. Um, (coughs) So, you know, let's talk about Eric Hosmer again because that is the real focus of what we were talking about um eric hosmer is not as good a player as jd martinez but he has been offered a considerable amount more money uh, overall maybe not average annual salary wise um he's been offered a, according to you know reports from you know padres writers and royals writers that he's somewhere in the range of like seven years 142 million right yeah yeah. So there is, I, I'm so I apologize for my my coughing that um I have trouble muting at this point. <laughs> I I realize I'm muting it on Skype and not on the, uh, the actual recording. Uh, I wish I could do something about that, but let's talk about Hosmer in that he wants eight years. He wants an eight year contract. So let's talk about that. He does not specify that he wants you know he, he that he wants like a 200 million dollar contract or anything like that from what he has he's like yeah i want one more year out of this out of whatever you're gonna offer me though um if just the team like commitment is clearly very important to Osmer, why not tack on the eighth year and then try to to defer some of that average annual salary a little bit that seems like a, I think a, a, a lot of solution, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, yeah, the eighth year is easy, but to I don't know. I think a, a lot of it is exactly what you just said: is that how 
teams realize that a lot of these long-term deals aren't working out and they have all these analytics and every bit of information they want and now they might be turned off by the fact that he wants an eight-year deal that ends when he's 36 because arguably his best years are going to be from now till like he's 32 33 so that's one way of thinking about it is oh we're gonna have this guy until he's 36 years old or you can think about it in a way that's oh instead of paying this guy let's say 20 23 24 million dollars average annual salary um we can pay him an average annual salary of 20 million dollars a year and you know we tack on one extra year in the end of that but in the meantime we alleviate some of that that average that you know that annual salary which is what affects you know luxury tax thresholds and things of that nature um and kind of i mean I, i'm over, assuming over that's a been part of, time. of the conversation too that i'm assuming like some teams were like all right we can give you this amount of money for seven years but we can give you something similar for eight if you take less per year and eric hosmer I obviously don't personally know him. I don't think you do either. I don't uh, think I do either. But I guarantee you, at 20 years old and how much he's improved, obviously he still hasn't been exactly what everyone thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. But at 28 years old, he's a pretty rock-solid player. Great, def- uh, He's a good defender. Um, so I think when he looks at the top played player, paid players in baseball, I think he wants to be on that list because he – truly thinks he deserves it because one he has that world series experience he put his team on his back granted he did have good players behind him but he did put his team on his back in both of those series um Mm -hmm. so i think when he looks at the salary itself he thinks he deserves it for sure yeah and i part of it is that I wish teams would maybe get a little more creative with the contracts at this point because they have so many reservations about signing players to long-term deals now. But you can maybe mix it up in a way that benefits why, why both Why not you and have the like incentives? Like seventh year, if he play, if he plays like a hundred, like fifteen games, that brings brings his contract up, or like that gives right. him the year. Right, and you can do that with opt-outs too. Um, yeah. That could be an interesting way to go. Like, you could say to a player like Hosmer or Gigi Martinez, look, we're going to pay you, um, like, over the first three years of a seven-year contract, let's say, we're get, we'll are we pay you, like, $30 million average annual salary. Or, yeah. you know, however, whatever amount. Put, like, put a larger percentage of that, that contract weight into the front end of the contract when you're expecting um, the best, the highest performance. And then you can throw in an opt out. Like after three years, if you you can choose to opt out of this contract, um, but then after that, your average annual salary will go down to something like like twenty twenty one million dollars. And you know you can opt to go into free agency if you think you can get more at that point. But you know part of the security is you know if you're if you're struggling with injuries or if you're you're not able to perform at quite the same level, then we'll still you know, have you under contract for less money than you were earning before, but, you know, you'll still have some job security for a few more years. 
and you can do that on even more tiers if you wanted to. Teams really don't have too many restrictions on that front. They can get kind of creative with contracts. Um, you know, we Bobby Munia for crying out loud is still making money every single year. Bobby Munia payday is that's like such a, a smart. It's that such was a, such it's, a smart it's a national holiday. Um, right, and I it doesn't have to be quite that extreme, obviously, because um, I think he's still going to be paid until. Shoot, I don't know the year off the top of my head. Do you know the year off the top of your head? The Bobby Long Bonilla time. Contract? Long time. 2028. Somewhere. Like, it ends in eight. Somewhere around there. He, yeah, that's a bit of an extreme example. But teams can do some variation of that. You know, I, I remember Chris Davis when he signed his long-term contract with the Orioles. His money was deferred over a pretty long period of time. I can look at the details of that um, in just a sec here. But... You know, talking about... Let's go back to Hosmer and Moustakis in that class of player. Um, you know, they they have certain expectations, and teams realistically can give them what they want. That's, that's something teams can do. There's just so little incentive to do so because there's such little competition out there. Like, the Padres and the Royals are scrumming it out for Eric Hosmer. And these are not contending teams. There's no contending teams that seem to be in on Eric Hosmer. For, yeah, if, if it was position. like the Indians, if it was like the Indians going for him, trying to put him at first base over, or like the any any team in that division, especially, I think the Royals would be a lot more like going ho on. Hey, we'll give you what you want if you don't go to them. Yeah, and it's a little bit weird in that <laughs> there's these these guys who are really pretty good players out there that have not been drawing interest from you know really good contending teams but meanwhile the contending teams have been signing some interesting you know value players to fill in holes that have opened up like yonder alonzo for the indians seemed like a really smart move because he kind of fills that void of carlos santana in a way that they needed but then then you look at it and you're like oh eric hosmer is still a free agent out there like mike moustakis is an option um, if you know you decide that he might be a better starting option than like Giovanni or Shella or whoever they they plan on rolling out, uh, maybe that's something they should consider. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a change on that end too. Like even the the top end teams are not necessarily looking to go after like the best of the best free agents out there. There's some they're going after like the value moves as well. So it's it just is such you know there's 30 teams out there but there's such a limited um pool of teams at this point that are willing to sign free agents um of that of that caliber uh, so i i think in summary what i'm trying to say is it's not the players fault for overvaluing themselves it's not the team's fault for being careful about signing free agents and it isn't the league's fault necessarily either it is just kind of the perfect storm of stuff just, going down. Yeah, or stuff not going down in this case. Well, like, just the perfect storm of the trends that baseball's gone into. Right, the but, I, but the, I think part of it has to has to be that, you know, there is, this money is there. Don't, like, teams that are pleading poor in this case are are not being truthful because the money exists to sign these players. Um, 
in in more cases than just the the two or three teams that seem to be linked to every player. Um, so there there are different uh, approaches to take on this. We talked a little bit about them in the other podcast, but uh, I think that's probably where we'll we'll wrap things up for this one. Yeah, sound good. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I breaking news. I just found out. Um, the Yankees just traded for Russell Wilson from from the Texas Rangers. Um, Russell Wilson, the, the Seahawks quarterback. So uh, there, there, there you go. What now? <laughs> yeah, it's on ESPN. Uh, Russell Wilson was a played a couple years in professional ball with the Rockies, and then he signed with the Rangers and basically walked in and like. Hung out, like talked to him yeah. a little bit. He's yeah, he's I see. Pe- I see that now. Um, he's gonna he's gonna appear at the Yankees Grapefruit Grapefruit League in Tampa. Is he really? He's not gonna play. Is he gonna like, appear there? Is he gonna go? Yeah, in March or February. That's he's not gonna play. I, I doubt he's gonna try to even like play, but he's probably gonna take BP and like Got hang it. out and like talk to the players. Tim Tebow can't even be the best QB in baseball. How sad is that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, then. That was an interesting storyline that I did not expect to be seeing today. Um, <laughs> You're happy. You're like, yeah, I got, I got a quarterback. No, I was, was much more confusion than, than joy, I will say. All right. That is going to do it for this podcast, though. Make sure you check out the Rangers one that is also uploaded today. Uh, And we'd love to hear what you think about the Royals, about free agency, about any of the stuff that we talked about. Um, Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. That's at BeatTheShiftBP. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. And we'll, of course, you know, talk about anything you want us to talk about. Uh, Make sure you also check out our website, which has all our podcasts and articles, including um, some new articles on, you know, the whole league versus players uh, debacle as well as our team of the week podcast so check that out link is down below that is going to do it for today as always farbode peace